Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, July 26, 2021. Stand up for your country. I've got a lot to tell you about tonight. I mean, a lot of very interesting stuff you're going to hear nowhere else. So uh, I hope you hang in for the complete broadcast. So we begin, as we usually do with President Biden's schedule, at 11.10 a.m., he gave uh, a little speech about the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, he was a co-sponsor as a senator of that, and, and that's a good thing. And then at 2 o'clock, after a nice lunch, he met with the uh, Prime Minister of Iraq, Mustafa al-Kadimi. Now, that's an important meeting that nobody's paying attention to because Biden wants to pull all U.S. troops out of Iraq, just like Barack Obama did, and you know what happened there. Okay, ISIS moved in, took over much of the country. Now ISIS is weakened and they're centralized in Africa. So that wouldn't happen again, but Iran will move in. Iran much more powerful than Iraq. But Biden is uh, very carefully and uh, silently moving troops out of conflicted areas. Um, however, in Afghanistan, the situation after about 10 days is already dire as Taliban move on Kandahar. So U.S. bombers in support of the Afghan government uh, over the weekend let the Taliban have it. Not going to stop the Taliban. They'll take it over. And Biden's got to know that. I don't think he cares. But uh, I will keep you posted on all of that. So in a new Gallup poll, and, and Gallup is starting to uh, team me off a little bit because we asked them, look, we need the methodology of your poll, and they refuse to give it. Their methodology is how many Democrats, how many Republicans, how many independents do you talk to? There's no reason why they shouldn't give it unless there's some sleight of hand. So anyway, this poll uh, just released says that Joe Biden has dropped in job approval to 50 percent. Lowest in six months, disapprove 45%. Rasmussen Delling tracking has uh, Biden at 49 approval, disapprove 49. Now, Biden's numbers will continue to fall because you'll continue to pay more for gas, food, clothing, and other stuff you need. You got to buy a car, you can pay a lot more. So once Americans figure that out, they'll blame him. And it is his fault to some extent, not 100 percent. But, you know, you attack the fossil fuel industry, the oil and gas industry, the price is going to go up. OK, so that's where Biden is right now. Let's get to the most important story of the day, which is COVID. So I know some of you are hard, tired of hearing about it, but this affects um, a lot of things in our lives. COVID. So the latest is that the Centers for Disease Control say that right now in America, those being admitted to the hospitals with COVID, and those stats are up, are 97% unvaccinated. Um, I believe the stat because the hospitals have to report it. It's not the Centers for Disease Control moving stuff around. The hospitals report. A lot of people don't believe anything the government says, don't believe anything the medical establishment says. What can I say? I'm a journalist. I look at it. I think this is factual. 
of people getting severe COVID, so they have to go to the hospital, are unvaccinated. That should wipe out any debate over the efficiency of the vaccine. And remember, it's the Trump vaccine. And remember, Donald Trump urged people to take it. Okay, so right now, we have different policies, COVID policies, in different places. Because the federal government, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, can't mandate one policy for the whole country in COVID. It's unconstitutional. Isn't that interesting? But in Europe, they don't have the constitutional protections or medical privacy that we have. They don't have it. So in France, um, today they passed the COVID passport. So if you're vaccinated, 60% of the population is in France, 40 no, you get a passport. And you have to show that passport if you want to go to the cathedral at Notre Dame, the Louvre, any restaurant, any movie theater, anything. You got to show the passport. And so hundreds of thousands of French are out in the streets. They don't like this. And they're demonstrating sometimes violently against the COVID passports. But the government is going to basically hold the line. So if you're a Frenchman and you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. And the gendarmes will come and put you in jail if you try. In Germany, they don't have that yet, but there's a big move. The word is Angela Merkel is opposed to it. Now remember, Germany has all of that history of authoritarianism of totalitarianism. So it's a more liberal situation than France. Italy is going to have the passport on August 1st. And the Italians are out in the street too. They're running around. They don't like it. Um, and so they're, uh, they're showing their displeasure. Um, Greece, the government in Greece, they're forcing all the people to get vaccinated. It's more than a vaccine passport. In Greece, government says you get back. I don't know what they're going to do if you don't. Okay, um, but they say you have to. In England, not so much. In England, it's uh, you can't go to the pubs and you can't do uh, X, Y, and Z. All right, back to the USA. So because of medical privacy, nobody has a right to ask you your vaccination status. So the federal government can't ask you if you're vaxxed or not, all right, by law. But in the states, they can. Isn't that strange? So federally can't. So in the individual states, you could have much harsher vaccination laws or dictums, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, there's so much controversy here because 30% of our population, which is roughly about 100 million people, they don't want to get vaxxed. Now, I don't see it in California because Newsom may lose his job. He's not going to do it. Cuomo may lose his job. He's not going to do it. But Whitmer in Michigan and uh, the nut in Illinois, Pritzker, they might try. They might try. 
And how it would work is that you, the same thing in France, you, you get a state credential or you can't go anywhere. I'm not predicting they'll do it because it's a mess and it'll be in court like that, federal court. But the states are different than the federal government. So this is a fascinating story. So in New York City, where uh, it's just pure anarchy now, and I get a lot of mail, should I come to New York City? No. No, not now. If you have to come on business, you'll be okay if you get a good hotel. But you got to watch your butt in New York City. Okay, so if you can put off the trip, put it off. It's not great to be in New York City in August anyway. It's a little humid. But um, the city is just its incredible. So the communist mayor de Blasio says all city workers in New York have to be vaccinated or get tested weekly, which means they'll torture you. So if you're sanitation, if you're cop, if you're working for the city in any other capacity, you got to get tested every week. You got to show the credentials. Believe me, you don't want to go through that. But he can't, he can't demand de Blasio that you get vaccinated unless Cuomo backs him up, the governor of the state. And Cuomo's not going to do that. So this is how government works. Federal, state, local. And they all have different rules. And people, most people don't understand that. So that's COVID. Now, um, COVID has been used by uh, the left wing, by the Democratic Party, to amass power. So in order to get socialism, to get progressive policies, you need a strong central government in Washington. You can't do it any other way. Because most of the states aren't going to cooperate with socialism. They're not. So by having COVID as an issue, the far left push, everybody goes, well, why are they so invested in having COVID, COVID vaccinations? Because they want power in the hands of the central government. That's what they want. It's funny because they accuse Trump of being a totalitarian. And he had a streak or has a streak of that, but nothing like the progressive left. So... That's what the left uses COVID for, control, want to control. And that's why many conservatives say, well, you're not going to control me. Don't tread on me. I'm not doing it. Okay. Now, the Republican leadership, Mitch McConnell and those people there, and even Donald Trump, is asking conservative traditional Americans to get vaxxed. But a lot of the politicians and the pundits on TV are not because they don't want to lose that 30% of the constituency. So I get mail all the time because I'm quite clear and have been from the very beginning that I believe the vaccination is good for you. Not as necessary, which I think it is too, but it's good for you because it protects you from a deadly disease and others. Now, that's been my posture from day one, but I get lots of mail. Oh, you hate us. You're demeaning us, you know, all of that. But I don't do that game. I don't play that game. You know that. All right. I'm, I'm looking out for you and the country, and I'm going to put forth whatever I think is best for you and for the country. But I've always said, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you have the constitutional right not to. They can't force you, but you will suffer in access to certain things. And you may get it. And you may die. 
if you're older and have a, a weak immune system, and you may pass it on to your family. All those are possibilities. Okay, so both the left and the right are using COVID in ways that are not looking out for individual Americans. Uh, finally, real quick, Indiana University at Bloomington giving an award, Distinguished Leadership Award, to Anthony Fauci. All right, so he gets an award, but he's not showing up. Virtual ceremony in December. Um, previous um, award recipients, Jocelyn Elders, Greg Luganis, C. Edward Coop. All right, do I care that Fauci's getting an award? I do not. I don't care. Do I trust Anthony Fauci? I do not. Did Anthony Fauci oversee money going to Wuhan lab? Yeah. Yeah, I did. The Rand Paul's right. All right, Olympics. Not air a bomb already. And there's two reasons why. COVID is the first. It's not fun. Nobody's having a lot of fun over there. Everybody's afraid they're going to get COVID. Okay. And uh, there's no joy. Uh, it's just, ugh. The Japanese don't want the Olympics. Most of the people there are against it, according to polls over there. Um, so it's not fun. And then there's politics. So in the opening ceremony on Friday, 16.7 million U.S. TV viewers watched. That's a 33-year low. All right, it's down 37% from four years ago in Rio. And it's down 59%, whopping 59% from 212 London, England games. And part of the reason is political, okay? And you all know that. Everybody knows that. So right now, athletics, whether it be professional or amateur, are identified with progressives because they're the big mouths. But here's, here's the truth. Most of these athletes aren't political. They're not. I mean, Katie Ledecky, probably the American's best athlete over there now, is an amazing athlete. It's not political. All right, most, most of them are just hardworking American kids that I root for. But I have to confess, I'm not watching a lot of it. And it's not for a political reason. I'm just, it has not engaged me. So the worst offender are the women's soccer team. All right, led by Megan Rapinoe. Go. The reason that we're here is because we never have actually had a reckoning with what our country really is. Like, this is America. Make no mistake about it. I think we showed uh, very much our true colors. This is not the first time we've seen a murderous mob like that. Um, I think, you know, uh, uh, unleashing a white supremacist mob is nothing new to America as... Um, you know, people of color, black and brown, uh, know that very well. She's talking about the Capitol riot. Unleashing a white supremacist mob is nothing new to America. That's just dumb. All right. Offensive, misleading, whatever you want to say. So she's the face of the soccer team. So I think more Americans are rooting for the soccer team to lose then a win. Then you had the head of the basketball team, U.S. men's, Greg Popovich. Go. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, the league is uh, made up of uh, a lot of black guys, you know, so 
to honor that and understand it is pretty simplistic. Uh, how would you ignore that? But more importantly, you know, we live in a racist country that hasn't figured it out yet. And it's always important to bring attention to it, uh, even if it angers some people. No, we live in a racist country. All right, now, both Ms. Rapineau and Mr. Popovich are entitled to their opinion, okay? I think both of them are very ignorant. They could not stand up to a debate with me, all right? They would never do it because they know it would be over in the first round. But they feel necessary, it's necessary for them to diminish their country when both of them are very wealthy individuals using our system to amass wealth. So one of them says white supremacist mobs are, that's common. The other one says, ah, we're a racist country. Why do you live here, Greg? You're not trying to improve anything, bud. You're a basketball coach. You just want to win games. You're not going out trying to do anything positive. So anyway, <laughs> am I going to watch the men's basketball? I don't know. I mean, they play, who do they play? They lost to France and now they play Iran. I'd like to see him kick Iran's butt. Iran's worse than these people. And then the Czech Republic. I kind of like the Czech Republic, so I don't know who I'm going to root for. The women, um, they beat, who do they beat? They beat somebody. I'm not following them much. Point. Will I watch the women? I will not. I will not watch them. Um, they beat New Zealand. Poor New Zealand. A six to one. So they play Australia tomorrow, the women's soccer. Won't watch it. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Let's bring in Lauren Conlon. Uh, she hosts a podcast called Red Carpet Rendezvous. She is a contributor on 77 WABC Radio in New York City, where I am as well. So, uh, Lauren, you're much more in touch with the younger folks than I am. I, I frighten them. And so if I try to talk to them, they run and, and, and in terror. And, oh, my God. Um, sure. Okay. So it's younger people under 60 that have basically said no more TV. We're not going to watch shows. We're not going to watch news. We're not going to watch anything. Why? Mm -hmm. So I think, number one, we are a generation that has completely lost its sense of humor, right? So 
in order to enjoy a sitcom, you have to have a sense of humor. And my generation and people younger than me, they're way too worried about being woke than being entertained. And as far as the news goes, it just doesn't align with, with you know, their, their agenda right now. So it's, you know, it's today's culture, it, it really makes me sad as well, even though it's, it's people my age that are causing all of these issues. And I am well aware of it, and I recognize that. Um, right, so you and, and say everything they're not, is they're not, There are no sitcoms for the first time in te television history. There's not one new sitcom coming on in the fall. Um, so you say they don't have a sense of humor. They're invested in mm -hmm. being um, virtuous, virtue-seeking, woke culture, yes. all of that. And so they're not going to watch um, Hawaii Five-0 or uh, the Blue Bloods or, or they're not interested. No. Doesn't speak to them in, in the current lexicon. So Yes, it doesn't speak to them. Exactly. Right. It doesn't engage them. So where, mm -hmm. where then... Um, if all of the media is falling apart, and it is, mm -hmm. you know, the average age watching cable TV now, average age is over 70, over 70. When I was in the seat at Fox, I did a thousand, I'm sorry, I did a million 25 to 54s, yeah. a, a million 25 to 54s wow. we hit. I mean, now if, Bill, they, do, if they do 400,000, they're like, you know, popping balloons. So where do we go now? Is it just going to be tribes all over America? Because there's no unifying force. It used to be the media was a unifying force to some degree in a culture. Now it isn't. Yes, I, I agree with you. And, and it's interesting because over 6 million homes have dropped their cable plan um, over the last year. So, and it's just expected to get worse at this time. Everyone's listening to podcasts or, or you know, like we talked about before, they're just not interested in the news. And now conservatives, on the other hand, have no interest in watching TV because they think that Hollywood is pushing their liberal agenda on them somehow and they're, and they're, script writing or whatever it might be. And they hate them so much, in fact, that they refuse to support award shows at this point. So it's, you know, it makes me pretty sad what's what's happening right now, only because TV in general is, is meant to, to entertain us and inform us. Well, it was, as I said, a unifying force culturally in America. All right, mm -hmm. so everybody knew Ed Sullivan's show, The Beatles, Elvis, yeah. when they were on there. They knew the TV shows and in the uh, history segment later on, I'm going to give you the top 10 shows 50 years ago in 1971. You'll be interested Ooh. to hear that even if you weren't alive then. Um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, how do you see under 60 Americans, under 60 years old, where do, I know the podcast, but there are like hundreds of thousands of podcasts. How do you find all this? It's like the Tower of Babel. Is it, yeah. is it, what, no, you're right. Shape? You're absolutely right. It's so hard to find podcasts. I mean, for me, it's it's crazy because Apple has so much control over this algorithm that just puts the most popular podcast in front of you or, you know, somebody paid XYZ to, to get their name out there. But no, unless you're Joe Rogan or unless you, you know, you have a big network backing you, it's going to be hard to find certain podcasts let's say but um but no people are still listening because they're just they're more relevant and and they're cooler and people are also getting their news from believe it or not tiktok i don't condone it but that's what's happening i don't even know what that is 
I don't even know yes, what TikTok you do, is. Bill. Yes, you what do. Is, you know TikTok. I heard the name, but uh, what what is it? Okay, so it's the app. Um, it's it's actually really fun. I even feel like I'm too old for it. But basically, people do all sorts of parodies and, um, you know, on news or on recipes or, or you know, movie scenes. And, and they just turn viral because they entertain people. So people give their opinions on a wide variety of subjects. It goes on TikTok. Yeah. Didn't, didn't the Chinese invent that or something? Isn't that something to do with the commies over there at TikTok? Yes, they did. And it's also, it's, it's gotten pretty bad for young teens as well because it's, it's, a, little, um, it's a little sexual. It's a little risque. Like, I would not I, let my no, kids use TikTok. No editors on TikTok. All right, Lauren. I want exactly. you to come back and talk to us from time to time about things that I don't understand um, because now I know what TikTok is. <laughs> yes, I am here for you, Bill. Whatever you need, Thank you, I am Lauren, here for you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Okay. Um, Cleveland Indians. Okay, so I wrote a book before Killing the Mob called Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America. And when I gave the publisher the title, there was concern about putting the words merciless Indian in the subtitle of the book. And I said to them, well, what else would you like me to say? That the wars were merciless, everybody knows that, and they were called the Indian Wars by historians because it was the whites against the Indians. Couldn't call it the white wars, nobody would know what they were talking about. So I got the title on the book, but I remember thinking to myself, this is crazy. Indian now is some kind of buzzword, some kind of insult. Now, Redskins, I understand. I wouldn't have dropped the, the name because it was used as an homage. Uh, Hail to the Redskins is the song that the football team used to sing. Uh, but I understand when you get into skin color, I mean, emotions go wild. But the Cleveland Indians? And so that name, which was in place since 1915, okay? I bet you don't know the first name of the Cleveland baseball team, 1907. Bluebirds. How about that, huh? Um, so the Cleveland Indians are gone. Now they're the Cleveland Guardians. I guess they're guarding Lake Erie. I'm not quite sure what they're guarding, but no more Indians. Now, I always say to uh, people, you can't demonize someone who thinks that the word Indian is racist. You can explain your point of view, but if you're a Native American and you don't want to hear the word Indian, you have a right. You have a right. But to cave in to all of this madness, Oriental can't say it anymore. Why? Nobody quite knows why. Oh, somebody way back used it in a derogatory way. What? So this madness, and that's what it is, politically correct madness, is just running wild right now. There will be a backlash, but it's too late to save the Cleveland Indians. Okay, the Catholic Church and Biden and Pelosi. So I'm going to wait on Biden. I'm going to deal with Pelosi today. 
Same issue. The Catholic Church believes killing a fetus is a grave sin because the theology of the church says that all life comes from God and you can't take it. That's simple philosophy. Okay, now you can apply to capital punishment. I don't believe in a death penalty. I've said it many times. If I were in charge, the murderers and the rapists and all these people would be sentenced to prison. They'd wish they were dead when I got through with them. But I don't believe in a state taking a life. So Pelosi and Biden not only are what they call pro-choice, whereby they want American women to be able to have unfettered access to abortion. That means anytime, anywhere, for any reason. A half hour before birth. They're okay. And both of them want you and me to pay for that. Taxpayers to pay for it. So here's Pelosi's position. Go. Because it's an issue of health of many women in America, especially those uh, in uh, uh, lower income situations and in uh, different states. And uh, it is something that has been a priority for many of us a long time uh, as a devout Catholic and mother of five in six years. Uh, I uh, feel that God blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family, five children, six years almost to the day. But that may not be what we should, it's not up to me to dictate that that's what other people should do. And it, it's an issue of, of fairness and uh, justice for poor women in, in our country. All right. It's not up to me to dictate. Well, you're not dictating, you're promoting. So you're making it easier and you want people who don't believe that this is a moral practice to pay for it. That's what it is. So the Archbishop of San Francisco, who has spoken to uh, Pelosi privately, Salvatore Cordleone, he is scathing. And here's what he says, quote, let me repeat, no one can claim to be a devout Catholic and condone the killing of innocent human life, let alone have the government pay for it. The right to life is a fundamental, the most fundamental human right, and Catholics do not oppose fundamental human rights. The smokescreen of abortion as an issue of health and fairness to poor women is the epitome of hypocrisy. What about the health of the baby being killed? What about giving poor women real choice so they are supported in choosing life? This would give them fairness and equality to women of means who can afford to bring a child into the world, unquote. So Pelosi will be denied communion, I predict, by this archbishop in San Francisco. Because his argument is you can't say you're a devout Catholic and do what you're doing because it's in the public eye. It's in the public eye. So I believe Pelosi is going to be sanctioned and soon. OK, is that the right thing to do? What else can the Catholic Church do? This is a core of its theology. What else can it do? Now, I know the church is frightened. I know it's devoid of leadership in America and mostly around the world. I understand that. But if you're going to abandon your core theological tenant, then there is no church. That I almost have to do it. Okay, 
let's get to the panel that Nancy Pelosi wants to investigate the Capitol riot. So, Pelosi, here's the problem with the panel. It's a tremendous waste of money. Because even if Nancy Pelosi's panel came up with something startling and true, half the country wouldn't believe it because it's Nancy Pelosi. It's got no credibility. So even if she found something horrible that all Americans should know about, half the people aren't going to believe it. That's how bad her image is. So as you know, she dumped a couple of conservative uh, House members off the panel, and she appointed uh, Adam Kissinger to say he hates Trump. Um, and this is going nowhere, this panel. Okay. Now, the reason Pelosi wants it so badly is she wants to tie Trump into the Capitol riot. She wants to say, we have evidence that Trump did it. He is the guy who did it. That wipes him out for any future politics, and it creates massive diversions next year in the midterm elections. That's what this is all about. Not about finding anything, but the FBI, that's what they're doing. That's what they're investigating. So is Nancy Pelosi's panel better than the G-men? I know the G-men have an image problem as well, but come on. So this is just a hollow joke. Oregon, beautiful state. You know, I work there at Channel 2, KATU TV in Portland. All right, 4.2 million Oregonians. 813,000 live in Multnomah County. Maybe the most radical left county in the country. Okay, so they have three major universities, Oregon, Oregon State, Portland State. All right. In 2020, last year, 98 percent of all faculty donations from those three universities went to Democrats. Ninety eight percent. Got a one party state in Oregon. Color of change. George Soros, our pal, giving them. A million dollars, a million dollars. What is Color of Change? It is an activist far left group that wants to defund and destroy the police. That's what it wants to do. I've run up against them. They are subversive and vicious. Subversive and vicious. But not only did George Soros give him money, Jennifer Aniston gave him money. Brad Pitt, Anna Kendrick, Michael B. Jordan, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga. Hate the police. Those celebrities gave color of change money. USA Today took a poll in Detroit. 78% African-American in the city of Detroit. 90% they said, told USA Today, they want more cops. More cops. 90%. Unbelievable. Ben and Jerry. As you know, they're pulling out of uh, what they call Israeli-occupied Palestine and closing their ice cream stores there. So in Florida and Texas, um, they're taking revenge on Ben and Jerry. This bureaucratic stuff, it's a symbolic uh, deal. Uh, ben and Jerry, Ben Cohen, Jerry Greenfield, both Jewish. Okay, they sold to Unilever, there had Ben and Jerry. 
But they still run a company, those guys. But Unilever is behind the decision. They own the company. This season in history, all right, right now, top 10 shows for 1970, 71, 50 years ago. Here they are. Number one, Marcus Welby, 30 million viewers. Flip Wilson, 28 million viewers. Now, this is an interesting guy, okay? He left after this huge success, all right? He left showbiz. He died at age 64, liver cancer. He had some drug beefs, some uh, domestic problems, but he was the second highest rated show 50 years ago. Here's Lucy, number three, Ironside, it's Raymond Burr. Uh, he was Perry Mason, four, Gunsmoke, five, Movie of the Week, six, Hawaii Five-0, Jack Lord, seven, Medical Center, eight, Bonanza at the end of its run, nine, FBI, 10. And everybody watched our shows, 20 millions and millions and millions of people, and then everybody talk about it. And that's what I was saying. That's the cultural thing. Now, forget it. If you get 5 million, if you get 5, you're a huge hit. On cable, if you do 3 million, you're a big hit. All right, quick break. We got a good mail segment and a final thought that I think will help your life. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go to the mail. George, thank you, Bill, for your new column entitled, I'm Critical of Critical Race Theory. We need a continuing focus on the insidious evil of this dangerous anti-American material being planted in the minds of our children. Gary, I agree with you, Bill. CRT is horrendous. Name a country where a minority of less than 13%, that would be African-Americans, has the opportunities that blacks have in America. I don't think there is one. I don't, there are some Europe countries where, I've, where blacks can do well, but I don't, not the opportunity they have here. Sharon, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to Lloyd. Lloyd, critical race theory will create more racists. The blacks will be taught whites are the devil while whites will hate being called the devil. Very good. Sharon, do state and federal authorities still drug test people who receive government benefits? They never did. Only private employers can drug test. State and feds don't do it. Randy McCoy, Arlington, Texas. Hey, Bill, I'm curious why every poll uh, seems to have more Democrats than Republicans. It's, it goes to voter registration because California is by far and away the biggest populated state. And I think it's 70 percent are registered Democrats. 
That's why. You got more registered Democrats than Republicans. Dawn Rutter, St. Peter's, Missouri, based on your influence, O'Reilly, I'm beginning to consider getting the COVID vax. I'm curious as to why, since the beginning of the pandemic, the homeless weren't the hardest hit. We don't know that. We don't know. They don't, they don't break it down by homeless. Okay, that's not a stat that's in play. Um, Jan Pfeiffer, Woodland, California. The argument over the definition of gain of function completely misses the point. American tax dollars should not be funding any research in China. We have no oversight. Right on. What a good letter, Jan. You are absolutely right. Richard Leinert, Walnut Creek, California. The Trump O'Reilly tour is a great idea. Question I would like you to ask the president. What was the thought process behind selecting Christopher Ray as the FBI director. We will get into the FBI and Mr. Ray. And, you know, I think Donald Trump's a little disenchanted there. So that'll be interesting. Thomas Gibson, Reed's Landing, Minnesota. Regarding the Trump history tour, the question is going to be the same for each show. No. Uh, Donald Trump, will, you know, no. I got tons, tons of questions. There'll be some repeats, like the Vax. But uh, it's, every show will be different. So the shows are... Um, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on December 11th, Orlando, the 12th, December 18th, Houston, December 19th, Dallas. All VIP tickets sold out, except we have five left in Orlando, five. All VIP sold out, and they are by far the most expensive tickets. You can have nice seats, though, but if you want to go, you got to get involved now. Christy Wilson, Paducah, Kentucky. I would like to read the killing books related to World War II, but I don't know which order. You start with Killing the Rising Sun, uh, you go to Killing Patton, and then you go to Killing the SS. That sequentially will tell you everything you know you need to know about World War II. Okay, uh, word of the day, do not be jejun, J-E-J-U-N-E. Great word, jejun. Back with a final thought in a moment. All right, here's the final thought of the day. In golf, you have the long game, which is driving and, you know, hitting the ball as far as you can. And you have the short game, which is getting a ball on a green, putting, things like that. So in life, you have the same thing, the long game and the short game. Now, one of my weaknesses was I didn't have a long game. I reacted immediately to almost everything, and it hurt me. I was at CBS News. They bigfooted me, which means I put my life on the line. I do a story. I did it well. They took the story away and gave it to somebody who wasn't even close to the action. And I just blew up. Like, I didn't play the long game. All right? And that hurt me. If I had been more mature, I would have stepped back and said, all right, I'm going to write this wrong, but I'm going to do it in a much different way than confrontation. I'm not going to be confrontational. So as I get older... The long game, and I don't have a long game now, you know, I mean, I'm not like I'm 30, okay? But the long game makes more sense because you can do more things effectively if you plan, if you step back, if you can discipline yourself not to react to wrongdoing. I had something this weekend, something I really wanted to do, and it involved this right, right? Like, but that would have been horrible. No, I didn't, but the long game will kick in. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it, it required discipline, my discipline to pull back. It was a wrong. I wanted to write it right then. I'll write the wrong. 
but I'll take my time doing it. Whenever you have, you get upset, whenever something's going wrong in your life, step back, take a nice glass of water, think about the long game. Sometimes you have to use a short game, particularly when you're defending yourself. You have to. But the long game is usually better. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.